Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Hi there and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast, bringing you news in tech from around Ireland and of course across the world. Remember you can hear Tech Radio on air with RTE Friday evenings or anytime you like with your favourite podcasting app from Apple, Google or Spotify. We also keep you bang up to date daily on all things tech with hourly updates and daily newsletters which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. My name is Dusty Rose, this is episode 834 and joining me as always is our Tech Central Editor-in-Chief, Niall Kitson. All hail the, the whatever. All hail the whatever. Now. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's grand. We, we actually have two very quick things to mention before we Ooh. jump into the, the main news of the week, which is, of course is all things Apple-related. Apple. So mm-hmm. you've, you've got one thing and I've got one thing and my thing is much more frivolous than yours. So can, <laughs> can I jump in first? Go on, Firehead. I wish to mark the cancellation of a little show on Netflix called I Am Not Okay With This. It was a great little coming of age story with a little bit of a twist and I loved it. I thought it was great and it was cancelled. It was a victim of uh, coronavirus, on, which is a weird thing to say for a TV show. Mm. But uh, yeah, production was, was you know, it, it came to an untimely end and it's a show I shall miss. You are learning the great Netflix lesson, which I learned because when I joined Netflix first, they had all the Battlestar Galactica series on it. I oh, went fantastic. Yeah. I had I had the box set on DVD and went, well, I don't need that anymore. Vumph, gone. Oh. <laughs> and that's when I discovered things don't last forever on Netflix and I was without Battlestar Galactica. But uh, it is, if, if you've got VPN and sorted out on your TV and whatever, uh, it's on the BBC iPlayer at the moment or uh, Amazon. Oh, I right. did not know that. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, and my little thing, my little thing is, is, is even more frivolous than yours, I would consider. Hmm. Um, just because I'm a music guy and uh, whatever former DJ, um, I noticed a little story this week that said vinyl records have outsold compact discs for the first time since the 80s. That's a really interesting story because it says an awful lot about who are actually going into record stores these days. Do you think the era of the browser has come to an end? Uh, That's the one thing that I miss. Do you know, going into a store and browsing and it's not Mm. just CDs or albums or whatever, but bookstores and stuff like that as well. Now, you see, here's the thing that I hold my hand up. I go into bookstores. I browse. I go, I like that. I take out my phone. I order it <laughs> oh, on Amazon. No. Don't be that yeah. guy. But I can't help it because I'm looking at the physical book and I'm going, I don't want to be carrying that thing around when I've got my Kindle. I'm going to read on the Kindle. Oh, support the shop, man. Support okay, the shop. Now, okay. Uh, yes, I would do. But here's the thing. Why don't the shop give you a free Kindle download when you buy the physical book? They do that with CDs. Yeah, well, that's that's a reasonable point, all right. But, uh, no, and then the other thing just about music is uh, we're talking about CDs and vinyl and all that kind of stuff, all right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter an, an iota because the streaming now accounts for 85% of music revenue. Which is very depressing when you think about it because the quality... No. Of no, what is streaming? No, it's not depressing at all. Things have changed. The world has moved on now. That's all it is. Hmm. Okay. 
<laughs> I never thought I'd have that that nature of conversation with you. Not since Listen. you explained the loudness wars to me. But anyway, there you go. Listen, let's talk about Apple. Of course, they had their Time Flies uh, mm. event this week. Uh, the first thing, and it was fairly well. Normally, Apple will be announcing a new iPhone at this stage, but they didn't. And they're saying it's because of COVID and yada, yada, yada. So uh, Time Flies, duh, the whole thing was centred around the watch. Now, you're into the Apple Watch, so I want you to tell me about it because that's the Time Flies headline. I thought it was the most boring part of the whole thing and there were much more exciting things afterwards. Let's start with the watch. Go. Okay, let's start with the watch. Okay, well, first of all, we've got two models coming out. Uh, we have the Watch Series 6 and we have the Watch SE. And I guess one of the things Apple has to overcome is the fact that the Watch Series 3 was was very popular, uh, possibly in the same way that the iPhone 4S was very popular. And it took a few generations to sort of shake that out, you know. And uh, I think we're we're sort of in that same space with the with the watch where things things went pretty well with the three. But it's, it's really time to get people to to switch up uh, in earnest and uh, just the same as Apple did with the iPhone which is to introduce a, a low cost model called the the SE um and then plow ahead with their with their regular uh, branding uh, so you you had the budget version or you had the the up to date version and both were you know both served a function. So now we have that with the uh, Apple Watch. So we're up to series 6 with the regular watch and mm-hmm. we've got the the SE for uh, those who are looking for sort of a, a point of entry uh, into the world of smartwatches mm. as, as Apple mm. has defined them. So a couple of things worth noting. Uh, first one, Apple now has a blood O2 sensor, blood oxygen sensor, and allegedly it is better than Fitbit's. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Is, yeah. is that because Apple are the only ones saying this? Well, of course, they're going to say it, but apparently it works a little bit faster. Uh, it takes about mm. 15 seconds to process it at any, mm. uh, any time of day. So I don't, I don't know. Um, the SE doesn't have uh, an ECG center, uh, s- sensor built mm. into the, the crown, which is where it rests on the, uh, on the series six. But, uh, uh, for its own merit, I suppose it's something that we will see down mm-hmm. the line. Um, one thing that is common to both models, and I wouldn't have expected anything to be common really, but the display is common to uh, both models. So that's kind of, uh, given the fact that I, I suppose Apple wants us to spend as much time as possible uh, looking at these things, it's um, 40 times 44 millimeter uh, display with 368 times 448 pixels. And um, the Series 6, the watch face is always on and the SE isn't. That's sort of the primary difference between the the two. All right. Okay. Now, uh, from what I hear, uh, the real big headline about the the watch is not what it does have, but rather what it doesn't have. Okay. Explain yourself. The USB plug for powering it. Yes. Yes. They, they, uh, did they have USB or lightning? I don't know whatever it, it was, but normally it when, when, when you buy a phone or when you buy something like this, you get a charger with it because there's a battery in it and mm-hmm. it needs to be recharged. And yeah. and particularly with the watch, because it needs to be recharged every two, three days. They're not shipping with it. And I'm kind of 50-50 on this. 
Because number one, it's kind of like, well, listen, if I have to recharge that thing every two or three days, why aren't you giving me the charger? Mm. All right. And in typical Apple fashion, all right, they're saying it's more ecologically friendly and da 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 and, and whatever. But if you want a charger, uh, you can buy one and I bet you it's going to be twenty nine ninety nine, <laughs> all right, or 20 quid or whatever it happens to be, which is way more than uh, it should cost. Um but then on the other hand, I'm kind of thinking one of the problems with all these phones is that they do come with charges and my house is full of the darn things. Yeah, well, that's that's the argument. Now, first off, it's it's ditching the uh, previous connectors in favour of USB-C, which is nice. Yes. Um, and have a look around your household. How many different kinds of cable do you have and how many cables do you have that you don't need? Uh, uh, well, there is that as well. Yeah. So or I can see well? where Apple is coming from. You don't mm. need 20 micro USB cables, which I think I have about my place. Um, you only need one plug-in charger. You don't need yep. five or six, which is what well, I have I th- about I, my I, place. I, th- I think that's one of the things that we're going to see then with the iPhones when they eventually do uh, release them next yeah. month. I would imagine that there will be no charger with them either. Yeah. And as I say, I'm kind of like, 50-50 on that. Anyways, a watch. You're an Apple guy. Uh, will you be investing? Not yet. Uh, for the same reason that I can't just deal with smartwatches in general. Um, I just can't get used to them. I haven't worn a watch routinely since my early 20s. And uh, I just, uh, I kept breaking the face on it for whatever reasons, whatever things kept happening to me in my mm. life. I kept bre- breaking the face and I was like, do you know mm. what? I'm just, I'm done with it. Uh, everything that I want from a watch is on my phone. Mm. Let's just use my phone. And uh, and it has been that way ever since. A couple, couple of other things um, worth noting on the SE. Uh, and two subscription-based things. You've got an awful lot to say on one. I've got a little bit to say on the other. So on my one, I want to mention uh, Fitness Plus, which uh, is their subscription service. I think it comes in at like $80 a year or something like that. So what, $9.99 a month? Um, and it comes pre-booked with uh, 10 types of workout and Apple will be adding one every week. Ah, so that keeps it, keeps it all up. But that's like having a virtual fitness. Yeah, exactly. With yeah. You. yeah. Like Mr. Motivator. Mm. Uh, and uh, you can tell which one of us is the more health conscious because I've completely ignored all of that uh, blood oxygen monitoring and fitness plus and uh, who cares oh you should see my, <laughs> now, my fridge at the moment <laughs> let's delve into what really interested me and I thought was the most interesting announcement made by Apple this week and that is this new thing they're calling Apple One mm-hmm. where they're taking all of their subscription services and offering them in one bundle so you can have Apple Music and Apple TV, and Apple Arcade, if you like playing games, and 50 gigs of space in their uh, in their cloud for 15 quid a month. I think that's very interesting that you think is is the most interesting thing of the of the of the presentation, seeing as there's mm. there's one other thing that we, we haven't touched upon. But what what uh, what appeals to you out of that bundle? Uh, because uh, Apple Music, I'm, I'm paying for Spotify at the moment. All right. So that's whatever. It's a tenner a month for one person on Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's 15 quid uh, if you want to do a, a whole family deal. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm paying for Spotify. Then I'm paying for Apple TV on top of that. Uh, I'm not really using cloud services, but if there's 50 gigs there, it might be worth uh, having. And I'm kind of thinking, all right, well, what if all of these were in the one? 
for 15 quid a month, I think it's an astounding deal. And it gets even better because a lot of uh, people are not just Apple people, they're Apple families. So their their wives or their partners or their husbands or their kids or whatever all uh, tend to be in the Apple thing. Uh, and for 20 quid a month, you can include up to six people. Yeah, and that's something that uh, they're doing with the watches as well, that you can set up sort of a family um monitoring thing through mm. your through your Mac. So I think it's like five watches you can oh. manage from a, a single yeah. uh, single interface on your Mac. Um yeah, I, I, I said I, now here's the thing though. Would you drop yeah. Spotify in favor of Apple Music? I probably wouldn't because you know the thing that I don't like about Apple is you do things the Apple way or no way at all. Um, um also, I have an Android phone, so mm-hmm. I don't even know if Apple Music will, will work on, on, okay, on an Android no. phone. I'm not in the Apple family anyway, all right? So I probably wouldn't. Um, I just think it's a, it's a stunning deal. Uh, I'll tell you one, I'll tell you one uh, company that are not happy with this deal, and that is Spotify. <laughs> uh, oddly already, enough. Who already, well, I actually agree with them, all right? Because already they're kind of, they're, now they're going out and they're saying, uh, that this is not fair that uh, they are abusing their dominant position in the marketplace, da-da-da-da, and all that kind of stuff, all right? And you can kind of go, well, just because Apple are offering a better deal than what Spotify do, because for the same price with Spotify, almost the same price with Spotify, you're also getting Apple TV and and games and and storage in the cloud, which, sto- mm. which Spotify don't do, all right? Um, but here's where I agree with Spotify, is they can compete on price all they want, but the problem is, is that if they are offering their services on the Apple platform, they have to pay 30% commission to Apple. Ah, OK. Like everybody else, any app owner, anybody who's providing a service on the Apple platform, da-da, anything that goes through Apple, 30% goes to Apple straight away. Yeah. So they're charging whatever, 10 a month as their subscription fee. You can listen on whatever Android phone or your PC or da 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 or whatever. Um, but for the same 10 a month on Apple, Spotify have to give uh, 30% of that to Apple. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're feeding their own competitors. Them, yeah. Well, exactly. So it's kind of like, and I believe that there's going to be a case taken by Spotify in the EU, in Europe, uh, over this. So we shall wait and see. But for now, uh, if you are in the Apple, you know, kind of uh, sphere of things, I think Apple Music, Apple TV, 50 gigs of cloud storage and arcade for 15 quid a month is an absolute steal of a deal. Fair enough. Okay, I I will note it. I I don't think I will be parting with any more money uh, for subscriptions beyond uh, Netflix. And even then, I'm thinking of ditching it in favour of Amazon Prime. Uh, just for the catalogue. I think I've exhausted Netflix at this stage. Although I am um, re-watching Star Trek The Next Generation and really getting a kick out of it. Ah, so, now, I, I have both, all right, mm-hmm. um, because there was a deal to buy Amazon Prime for the year or whatever, and it, it was the video and delivering them, whatever. So I kind of went, all right, I'll go with that. Um, I find Amazon Prime, the movies are much older. Older. And you can uh. also older movies, but higher profile movies, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Netflix, I find them to be newer, but not quite as good quality, if you yeah. want to put it that way. Yeah. Uh, so that's what kind of like have, having the two of them. But I find them both to be equally rubbish. 
or both to be equally good, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I have, and here's where I'm kind of wondering, well, why, why do you have to stick with Netflix? Why can't you do Netflix one month, Amazon the next month, Disney the next month, whoever else the, the month after that? Sure. Sky Go or, or Sky Now. A reasonable degree of churn. Well, exactly. And then, but they're all set up to do it that way. Mm. And it's less than a tenner a month for each one. And every time you go into each one, uh, you've got, you, you're updated. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's the way I'd look at it. But it, 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 <laughs> I was about to say, that is a pain to do every single month. All right. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a TV ad uh, for somebody who does exactly that. Right. And I think it's one of the, the service providers. I think it's in the UK. I was watching when I was, when I was uh, uh, watching ITV or something. Oh. Um, and they, it's just a case of, well, you can have this this month and you have that the next month and da, 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 and it'll set it up automatically for you. Okay. So Apple, Apple One, you're kind of, you're intrigued. Um, if I was an Apple person, I, I, I just think it's stunning value. Absolutely. Yes. I'm going I'm to give Apple full marks for that for now. Hmm. Okay. Well, so what else uh, were you going to throw at me? The, uh, the iPad Air. This year's iPad Air. Ah, now, yes, interesting. Um, Which uh, takes an awful lot of lessons from the incredibly popular iPad Pro. I think it's becoming more and more like an iPad Pro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what they announced yesterday, all right, so now the the iPad Air is going to have almost the same display as the 11-inch iPad Pro. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the uh, the Apple Pencil, so it sticks to the side and it'll charge and do all that kind of stuff. Both of them now have the exact same camera. Uh, they've added a USB-C. Uh, the A14 chip is going into the iPad Air. The A12X, from what I remember, is in the iPad Pro. I'd call them similar. Okay. Um, I think if you're a proper pro and you're editing video or something on the iPad Pro and you've got your keyboard and everything set up to go with it, you're probably better with the Pro. But if you just want a really good tablet, I think the iPad Air is, is, is the guy. I yeah. think the only reason why you would get an, a regular iPad is because you can't afford the iPad Air. Yeah. Well, I have to say the iPad is for Imho, Apple's most useful product. And, and okay, maybe, yeah, it's up there with the, with the iPhone. For me, they're neck and neck. Did you actually just say the word Imho? Yes. Oh my God, Niall. I'm going to, I'm going to have to take you behind the office and beat you. <laughs> <laughs> am I dated or am I, uh, am I contemporary? Oh or? my, don't ever say that on the podcast again or I will shoot you. LOL. <laughs> Imho, LOL. Yeah, lol. <laughs> um, you think the iPad Air then was that? Well, isn't that interesting now where they had this whole time flies in the centre all around the watch, whereas you love the iPad Air, I love the Apple One uh, subscription uh, yeah. package. Yeah, the, the bit part players, if you will. Um, mm. Yeah, I would, uh, my, iPod, my iPad is up for some, some degree of refresh. I mean, it's still works fantastically mm-hmm. well and it's a, it's mm-hmm. a third generation model. Mm. Um, so it's, well, stick it on, stick it on adverts.ie and it, uh, get rid of it. Sell it's, it. It's got a few miles on the clock and it's, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, uh, in terms of, um, I much prefer using it to my laptop, mm-hmm. uh, cause it's just there and it's, it's not a thing. And I know my laptop you, boots up in zero time flash, but all the same. 
But when you use it with the laptop, is that uh, just for consuming uh, content? So looking at websites and whatever, or do you actually use your iPad for typing and, and, and emails and whatever else? A bit of both because I have an external keyboard for mm. it, uh, which is the best way to use an iPad. Uh, just to have the option there. Uh, and I think it is absolutely fantastic because most of the time when I'm at home, the things I need to do, are uh, they don't require an awful lot of horsepower. Now, if I'm working from home, then I need a laptop. Then, then I mm. need everything firing on full cylinders and, you know, can't compete on, on that. But that's, you know, uh, it also means I can park my laptop at the end of the day, though, and continue on with a different device and just have a different mindset going with it. So it's, right, okay. it's still comfortable to use and you don't need to think about work or anything like that. Mm. As much as I like the I, I, iPad Air and I think it looks great, and, and as much as I think this is a great deal with that they announced yesterday, um, I'd still probably opt for the for the Galaxy Tab. Uh, and I believe the Galaxy Tab is a little bit more expensive, um, but I think they're very well matched same size, weight, display, resolution, processor, camera, and all that kind of stuff is just too close to call. Uh, I think with the S7, kind of, uh, for me, is that it's got the better storage because you're able to put the micro SD into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the battery lasts a lot longer as well. Battery, I, I would say, is a, is a factor, all right. Mm. Um, mm. Storage, and not both so much. Around the, they're both kind of around about the same kind of money. And then it, 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 just because my personal opinion is, is that I prefer... More freedom, if you like, than uh, uh, than you would get with uh, with Apple. Well, it's an Android I've, thing I've, with you, isn't it? No, it's not an Android thing. Uh, it's actually, do you know what? If anything, it's a it's a Windows, it's a Linux thing. It's a it's an internet. It's on it's on it's on the web kind of a thing. Do you know what I mean? There's a certain mm. amount of freedom with all of those things. Where if you have a problem, somebody out there has probably solved it. Yeah, you, you can't do that with Apple. But with Apple, it's fantastic because if you buy into it, well, then everything just works. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it's one or the other. Uh, one or two other little bits of news away from uh, Apple, just to wrap up this week. Uh, we were talking about TV and stuff like that. Uh, and Disney have just released a Mandalorian Series 2 trailer. What do you think of it? Oh, looks great. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Mandalorian is the show that saved Star Wars? No, no, I actually think it was the first movie that Disney did uh, save Star Wars. Force Awakens. Yeah, 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 because that really, that was, was, out of the six movies prior to that, the first Star Wars was kind of like a complete game changer, all right? Mm -hmm. And I thought none of the following five approached that. And I thought the first one that Disney did approach that. They brought it bang up to date. New characters that still had that sense of adventure, uh, still had that sense of humour. Um, the, the the graphics and everything were fantastic, but kind of didn't like overdo it. Do you know what I mean? Okay, right. Um, so so no, uh, I, I think that's probably what saved the uh, franchise. And I just think The Mandalorian is a whole interest. I was just thinking, looking at the, the trailer going, like Star Wars is a cinematic format, all right? Mm-hmm. If I want to watch Star Wars, I want to go to, even to watch all of the older movies, I would prefer to go to a, a movie uh, cinema and mm. see them, all yeah. right? Because you get the big screen and you get the sound and you get the whole experience of it. Like, you know, kind of watching on the TV isn't as good. Whereas The Mandalorian is only available on your TV. Yeah. It's kind of like, eh. 
hmm, why am I buying into this? So, uh, no, anyway, the, the, the trailer is out now. You can look it up on YouTube and whatever. The actual series is going to be at the end of October, I believe. And here's what I'm not happy with. Oh. If this, then do that. IFTTT. Been a great little app. Uh, have you used it on your phone? No. All right. Okay. Well, it's, it's a very simple programming thing where basically it's kind of like if I leave the house and I've been disconnected from my Wi-Fi network, well, then turn the Wi-Fi off and the Bluetooth off on my phone or turn the Bluetooth on on my phone and turn on location services on my phone or whatever. You can set it up to all these kind of things. Or if uh, when I leave my work Wi-Fi area, well, then connect with my home and turn on the lamps or turn on the heating or whatever happens to be in my house if you're, if you're all smart connected up. All right. Huh. So it's brilliant to that. And it's been around for years. And you can do all these kind of uh, uh, recipes, they, is what they call them. Uh, and they all have these kind of little functions. All right. Um, it's a bit like Zapier, I suppose, where it's kind of like if I receive an email here, do this kind of a thing. That's essentially what it is. Mm. All right. Great app. I uh, have been using it a lot. And not, well, when I say using it a lot, I've only used it to do two or three things, but I've been using it a long time. Yeah. They've brought out a pro version. Okay. It's been free up until now, all right? And they've brought out a pro version, all right? And he, here's where I hate the spell, uh, the, the sell and the pitch on this, all right? Okay. The pro version is a tenner a month, nine ninety nine. okay? And with the pro version, you'll be able to do all of this extra stuff. Fantastic, okay? Hmm. The problem is, is that the free version uh, will continue to work as usual, but you will only be able to run a maximum of three things. And how many things would you run? Uh, well, I, I, I'm lucky in that I only run three things. But if you were a, a well, I won't say a heavy user, but if you were, you know, an average user of that, you're probably running 10, maybe 15, maybe 20 things. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. a real, like, you know, kind of, I hate that. It's like, we're doing this. Blah, blah, blah. By the way, the free service isn't free anymore. And it's it's pricey enough. It's another. It, it, you were saying about Netflix and you know, kind of uh, Apple TV and all that kind of stuff. It's all in around that tenor, but all of those tenors add up. Mm, certainly, you know, do. and especially you've got to remember that you know, for your uh, uh, for your Wi-Fi connection or your internet connection, kind of uh, at home, you're paying whatever fifty, sixty, eighty quid minimum, and then upwards depending on what TV package you've got to go with that. Yeah, well, that's why I cut the cord. Yeah, but no, but that's what I'm saying is your basic connection to the mm. internet just to have the broadband in your house is going to be 50 quid plus a month. Yeah. Then you're adding on all of those extras on top yes, of that. Yes, yes, I see what you mean. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and then, you know, kind of IFTTT being another tenor on top of that. Uh, it, I'm, it's not so much that they're trying to make a business out of it. I, I absolutely appreciate that. But it's the backhanded way that they're pulling the service that they're famous for just annoys me. Noted. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> he said, cowering in the corner. I wish this rant would finish. I, I can just feel feel the rage coming off here. Just draw the little squiggly lines coming out of your head, you know. Grand. All right, listen, that is it for the news this week. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. If you work for a small company, you're no doubt looking for ways to reduce your costs, either due to the pandemic or in general. Bullet is an Irish company who have set up to do just that by developing a different kind of accounting software by using automation. 
Malik Kitson spoke with their CEO, Peter Connor, to get some new ideas about the new world of work. I guess one of the things we're seeing at the moment in sort of the, the middle of the pande- de- pandemic era is that because people are working from home so much, we just have this glut of empty office space on the market. Whereas before people were crying out for office space. Now it's a now we're in a situation where big companies like Google are saying, Do you know what, we don't need it. Uh, are you finding smaller companies are adopting the same attitude where they're, they're looking and going, Do you know what, yes, I need to take on three or four new staff, but let's just have a distributed workforce and avoid that overhead of having an office. Yeah, I I think so. Like I work in a small company myself and uh, myself and another small company recently or about a year ago took some office space, which we've now released. So it's definitely impacting smaller businesses. I I would say with smaller businesses, like particularly in the tech space, like myself, you're very much defined by the cost of talent where you recruit your talent. So there's always been an issue around that, particularly in Dublin with having such a huge amount of big tech companies here with big budgets. But um, I definitely see it with small um, businesses, although I would say it's probably more part of the life of small business than it would be a big corporate business. Yeah, so so you see it as sort of the, the natural evolution of a company rather than a, a devolution at the at the top end where maybe that, that layer of oversight is, is slightly more... Um, uh, I don't want to say punitive, but you're you're kept a, a bit of a closer eye on. Yeah, totally. A suspicion. I mean, there's no <laughs> there's no question about that. <laughs> what it is. Um, yeah, I d- definitely. Um, yeah, I suppose per- personally, as a manager, I've I've I really haven't cared how the job got done. Just once it got done, so I, I you know, if people wanted to work into late nights, or early mornings, or that, it never really bothered me. But you can certainly see it in bigger institutions that that wouldn't be natural, or or anybody who worked their way up to a larger institution. You know, if they don't see heads in front of them, then work isn't getting done. So I I. I personally feel it's it's almost like an awakening to a certain segment of the workforce, whereas to me, who who's bounced in and out of working at home for a long time, uh, I'm kind of almost rolling my eyes. You know, people are going, oh, my God, it's so much handier and, you know, and it's easier with the kids and, and all those kind of things and missing commutes. So, um, yeah, I think I think bigger companies will definitely take hold of it. And but I, I also wonder was that being a little driven as well by the increase for demand for skill sets, bigger companies. I, I was talking to a friend of mine who worked for a, a pretty big tech company, and they were starting to go further into Eastern Europe to look for talent because it was uh, getting harder to find in Western Europe. So I think all of them are kind of merging in together. Yeah, that element of finding talent. I mean, for years we've been hearing about the race for talent and how the third level institutions just aren't aren't keeping up with the demand. Uh, one of the downsides, of course, of attracting talent to Dublin was was the cost of living. If we're seeing this shift towards home working and decreased overheads for companies, do you think that'll overall bring down the cost of living in, in Dublin and make it slightly more attractive? Yeah, totally. I'm, I mean, I, I honestly think uh, there's a huge silver lining here. You'll see a redistribution of uh, workers back to even rural towns. 
uh, and to urban towns. So you'll see them getting busier. And, uh, and I mean, the the rural decline has been is almost an impossible fight. To, whereas now you can you can see a change in that. Even my own accountant has set up an office and he's a small practice accountant has set up an office in Carlo because it, it suited the talent he was acquiring from around that area. So um, I um, yeah, I think I think it'll it'll have a big change. Yeah, a big change. And of course, some parts of uh, businesses I've seen in the past have been somewhat reluctant to move their operations from the office into the home environment. I mean, for uh, as we've touched upon there, developers and people in software, they're kind of they've kind of grown up with the idea of being able to work from home because the technology has advanced uh, uh, along with their skill sets. However, you you could imagine much more entrenched office functions would be much more reluctant to move back into uh, or move towards a, a distributed workforce or a, a home environment where that reliance on having paper and having physical records is still very much of uh, to the fore. I'm thinking in particular of HR, but mm. also of your company, Bullish. Yeah, well, I see. Actually, I, I just received an email today because we, we keep quite an eye on trends that are happening around the freelancer market and uh, Fiverr today, which is a kind of a, a tool, a marketplace for freelancers, um, just released an email uh, stating that they feel now that the sea change is happening around freelancing and freelancing tools. So I think I think the products have got a lot easier for people to log in remotely. I mean, that, that that's a massive difference. You know, I worked in a bank before and remote access was was pretty tricky and pretty hard. Um, but that's changed a lot now. And then tools like Slack and IM have made it much easier for quick communication. So you could kind of break communication down into lots of silos within the office environment, like instant communication, phone communication, IM. Then more kind of strategic and group communication like uh, email and um, video calls have kind of slotted into that. So I think COVID has kind of landed at a, at a time when the technology is in the right place for it to happen. Because if, if it didn't happen, um, if the technology wasn't there, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, I think that's a fascinating point. That The fact that, yes, some sectors of the economy have been tremendously badly hit by, by COVID, but things would have been much, much worse without the level of connectivity totally, yeah. that and I, I, I've been keeping a little eye on what's happening in New York. So, again, with um, journalism, you know, there's there's always an, an angle for the, the sensational side of what's happening. But there's a, a shift starting to happen with people leaving Manhattan. And uh, August is always a busy time for buying and selling houses. But um, there's a tech guy Archer, I think his name is, I can't remember his full name now, but he is a New Yorker, born and bred, and owned a comedy club, and he'd moved out in New York, and he had given a couple of arguments about how this has happened before in history with 9-11, everybody thought people were going to leave New York, and then I think there were riots in the 80s, or the kind of crime in the 70s and 80s, and people were going to leave New York, and they'd survived. And his key argument for why that would change now was around the technology and that people didn't need to be at home. 
And there are like there are tremendous benefits to home workers, never mind just removing office space. But if your cost of living, um, like if you're living in Kenmare, your cost of living is going to be totally different to if you had to live in Dublin 4 to be in an office in Google or Facebook. So then your salary expectations drop. So there's there's pressure released everywhere, you know, and the commutes get released. So to be honest, yeah, I can only see it as, as a positive. Yeah, I've noticed um, in jobs reports from recruitment agencies that have started to come out over the last few months that they split out wages in Dublin and the rest of the com- and the rest of the country. Yeah. Just so you can see what the Dublin tax yeah. is. Yeah, really. Yeah, because in, mm. in London so they a, have a London tax, uh, and it's very yeah, like even their civil servants get paid different in London than they do, or, or public servants than they do outside of London, which I thought should have been the case in Dublin actually, because the, the costs are enormously different. So I suppose looking towards the kind of um, uh, parts of the business that can be farmed out, so we know that we can do pretty much anything remotely, but um, it means also that you have a lot of companies embracing technologies very quickly and perhaps embracing technologies without already having the expertise to understand how things work, I suppose, the hard way before you can start simplifying. So where did the idea for Bullet come from and what kind of customers were you initially looking to gather but have become surprised by in terms of other customers that have arrived from, from different sectors? Uh, well, the, the idea was my... Originally, my co-founder's idea, John Farley, he was a developer and he was contracting. So pretty simple accounts and his accountant uh, failed to file his end of year. When that happens, you get flagged for audits. So he was he was pretty irritated about that. And uh, he's, you know, a developer and he's a very smart guy, very, very smart guy and is good, unlike me, good with numbers. And he decided you know what, I'll just download an accounting product and I'll do my own accounts because contracting accounts is pretty simple. And then the first thing that struck him was that the accounting software required him to have accounting knowledge. And that's when he kind of started on a journey about developing an accounting product uh, that had the knowledge built into it. And then about six months into that, maybe even earlier, three months into that, uh, we had a mutual contact put us together and I had a company formation tool and I had kind of developed this process around extracting data, manipulating the data and then representing the data to uh, end users that he liked. And within three days, we were in business together and we merged merged the two businesses and started building Bullet. And that's kind of where the idea came from. Our, our big USP is that the accounting logic is built into the software. So you you as a customer never, never need to learn accounts, um, which everybody should be grateful for. <laughs> and uh, on the surprise customer, um, we would traditionally target kind of sub 30. If I was to give you a persona, we target kind of sub 30 company with like three staff probably in the web or media or design space um, I, with a company called Boing Boing Media. And then traditionally a company that wouldn't sign up to Bullet would be a kind of older customer uh, who would like have, you know, very limited social media profiles 
have a company called, you know, Brady Engineering and Manufacturing Consultancy. Um, so they would traditionally not be customers because they would buy in into the accountants and would always be led by the accountant, whereas younger customers are usually led by Google and social media and content marketing. Uh, but we surprisingly get quite a few older customers. I mean, older as in my age and up, you know, like 45 and up. Um, so that, that has been the surprise customer uh, base we've got. But we'll take any customer now. <laughs> as a good good business sense there yeah, <laughs> so, totally. it's a product yeah. for everybody yeah but, uh, in researching the sort of feature set that you have one, one of the things that i was quite surprised by was that when you when you stacked up what you're doing with what some of the larger companies are doing um your your features are overlapping but it's in terms of sort of the i guess the, the more project-based and more agile features that we're seeing just coming into the market you've managed to adopt much much quicker than the than the large organizations i imagine that was a deliberate move yeah, we, we actually made a, a super conscious move about that when it, when we tried selling into accounting firms. And our, our initial goal was to build a product that the end user could use, but that the accountant could benefit from. So there's a, uh, the bookkeeping aspect of accounts is quite tedious and quite time consuming. So we looked to build a product that was easy so the customer they could give they could give bullet to the customer and and because it's kind of pretty rigid, know that the customer wasn't going to make a lot of mistakes on entering their data. And then they could reduce the time they spent dealing with those kind of bookkeeping tasks with the customer and therefore increase revenue or reduce headcount. And when we started selling into accountants, they excuse me wanted us to remove the automation or the awareness to the customer that that returns were getting automated and their payroll returns are getting automated. And that's when we had to make a decision whether we were going to buy into the accountants, which is a traditional route for accounting software. You know, it makes sense. Sage did it and Xero very successful at doing it. And would we just double down on the software and we where we're both techies, so we're totally double down on the software. And we knew at the end of the day, systems work 24-7, don't need holidays, don't need sick pay. So at some stage, the um, the tech was going to out, outsmart the service side. So, that's, so that kind of put us on that trajectory then from there onwards. And we just stopped uh, trying to partner with accountants and doubled down on the automation and presenting that to the end user as well. That can be quite a challenge if you're sort of leaving, the, I guess, the, the experts behind to become more of a, a, a software company. Do you find that when you go back to work with accountants, uh, which, which I guess is inevitable at some stage, yeah, that there, there will be an, an element of, of unlearning there uh, as well? Um. What do you mean by unlearning? Where um, you've had to, you initially relied on outside expertise before going in your own direction. Uh, will you find yourself having to, for want of a, a better term, speak accountant uh, again or to, you know, say, look, we didn't set out to 
change your business models or anything like that. We went off in this direction and we've created tools that are of benefit to you that, yep, there is a, a little bit of a learning curve involved, but ultimately the benefits will be there. I, I don't think that'll happen. I think what will actually happen is the accounting industry will shift. And I think there is, if I could describe the dam as a change that is, is pushing up against that dam, and at some stage it's going to pop. And my, my own accountant in Bullet, because you, you have two types of accountants. You have ones that do bookkeeping, and they, they tend to do both. And then you have ones who take company law, taxation law, and apply that to your business. So, so your true sense of an accountant, like a chartered accountant or a professional accountant. And, and recently, accountant wrote an article about. Um, so he 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 was very early to to join up with Bullet, if you'd like, and to buy into what Bullet was doing. And he wrote an article, and he's a chartered accountant or a professional. I I can't remember which profession he's with now. And he wrote an article about it to put it into the accountants' trade magazine, and they asked him to take it out because he was being too direct about this sea change happening, that the technology is going to remove a lot of the bread and butter for accountants, as in the bookkeeping side of accounts, and that automation was going to kill that off, and that accountants should be setting themselves up almost more as consultants rather than accountants. I'm talking for small businesses, you know, and, and for accountants that are heavily dependent on bookkeeping. So I don't think we'll change. I think accountants will have to change. One of the breakthrough technologies that uh, I've noticed when it comes to uh, AI uh, is the integration of digital personal assistance and um, sort of uh, language, uh, natural language processing. Um, Do you think these sort of uh, virtual assistants will become the norm in accounting packages where you will quite have your your own personal account or or anything like that, but just sort of little prompts to, okay, you've entered in here, by the way, there's this, or look, we can scan this and we can transfer it into a spreadsheet or, or something similar? I think I think you you actually to to do that and we do that already in Bullet and there's no um there's no AI in Bullet. So I think that's actually a lot easier than people think. And I I came from a banking background, like I worked in infrastructure in a bank, and I was always amazed at how routine a lot of jobs were, the paid jobs. And, you know, as a techie, you're always looking at stuff systematically. You're looking for process. You're looking for repetition. And I remember always thinking these jobs won't last. You know, they're they're super well paid. And a lot of what they're doing is is kind of basic, basic kind of semi-skilled or skilled grunt work. So I think the big change you'll see happening is that that kind of natural language field is is really tricky and it's really complex to build but you can you can bypass the need for that with the data integration so bank feeds was the first big step towards that like bank feeds in New Zealand pretty much gave birth to zero and uh, part of our partnership up with Revolut is about getting more metadata around those bank feeds 
And the, the more you can remove the customer from the data entry, the actual less you need AI to be making clever calls about stuff and the more easy easier it is to process things. So ideally we'd be moving towards a situation where you, let's say, have your Revolut card, you use your Revolut card for all your purchases, all your money in and your money out. And then you'd use the Revolut app to snap the receipts and feed that system with receipts and then bullet with the data already we can get from that can pretty much automate like 98% of your accounts with just that. So, so the minute, the minute a, a, a human touches data, that data becomes hard to manage by a system. And the minute you remove the customer from that data, the easier it is for that system to happen. And, and I think that's kind of the big change that you're starting to see as all of these systems are getting like neo banks aren't be built on old um, uh, software, you know, and that's a real that's going to be a real problem for older banks. Uh, neo banks are built on modern software, so they don't have any of these uh, kind of historical products they have to manage. So, so I even think before AI, uh, you're going to see a, a sea change behavior with technology. And that was Niall Kitson speaking with Peter Connor from Bullet. If you'd like to see their website, it's bullethq.com. That's it for our show this week. Do remember you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website techcentral.ie or listen to us each week online or Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio One Extra. Until next time, for myself, Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson as always, thank you so much for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.